Hello and welcome to the Crystal Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Jeff Harrell, who is the Vice President of Product for Essilor Exotica Wholesale. And we discussed the benefits of just generalities of good, glare-free or anti-reflective coatings, but we also specifically discussed the Crizal Sapphire HR coating and the benefits that how we talk to patients about that lens and how patients are going to experience better vision because we paired that coating with a high-quality lens. And so please enjoy our conversation. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. One of the challenging things with patients is that when they invest in a really high quality pair of glasses and customized lenses, occasionally it can be difficult to keep those lenses clean, scratch-free, and smudge-free. Now, we have the ability with Crizal Sapphire HR lenses to offer our patients a best-in-class anti-reflective coating that is also resistant to scratches, smudges, and deposits. This means that patients spend more time enjoying clear and comfortable vision and less time caring for their lenses. So remember that you can provide patients with the best-in-quality, best-in-class, transparency, clarity, durability, and UV protection in a single Crizal coating. If you want to learn more about Crizal Sapphire HR, contact your Essilor account executive or visit EssilorPro.com backslash Crizal. Well, so, so Jeff, thanks for coming on and doing this. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this episode was to kind of dig into the metrics behind glare-free lenses. You know, they're commonly called anti-reflection. When I was trained, a lot of times we were trained to say kind of glare-free because that was not as negative as a, as a connotation for patients. I'm not really sure what the best, I mean, you probably understand the philosophy of, of consumer habits and, and purchasing and what they like to hear best. But I guess that would be my first question is, am I, am I old school now in, in describing them as glare-free or do we want to go back to anti-reflective? What, tell me about that. I see a little bit of both. I think, you know, we, we commonly use the term no glare as well. Um, so no glare, anti-reflective. Honestly, I think the biggest challenge we have with consumers is understanding a lens versus a coating. For a long time, we'd actually use the term mm. Crizal no glare lenses. Yes, they were a, a part of the lens, but it's, it's technically a coating. So I think when you talk about Crizal or, or any no glare, anti-reflective, or even if you want to call it, you know, the very technical term of hard multi-coat, um, the HMC, which I would never <laughs> say to a consumer, um, it's really talking about the overall benefits that it's going to provide. And you can kind of explain there's a coating on the lens. I think a lot of consumers more and more, especially when it comes to scratch um, and, a, and, a, and, the, and the, that part of the coating, I think they get that that is kind of a new thing that's added to the lens to keep it scratch free um, and resistance to scratches. So I think it's just kind of every consumer is a little different, but I think either no glare or anti-reflective is fine these days based on what the terminology that I'm seeing in, in the market, not just within the ICP channel, but within retail, online. I think it's more of a, a normal term than it used to be in the past. You know, I like the term lenses. I mean, even though that might be confusing to patients, I think there's probably a historical challenge with a coating, right? So, you know, the coating is coming off or a coating will come off of that lens. And so there probably was some, some, uh, to, to, to kind of, uh, articulate that, that, 
it's more of an embedded process or an adhered process as, a, as opposed to like something that we paint on and over time is going to naturally chip off. Uh, so yeah, those are the kind of things that are interesting to me in terms of patient communication, where um, if I am if I'm communicating effectively to, to a patient, mm-hmm. it sends the message so much quicker and more efficiently, and then I don't have to get bogged down a lot in the weeds. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting because I am seeing it kind of change the other way now. No, it's an interesting way to think about it. If they think about coding as painting, and yes, a, a, a poor coding that is not processed properly will have some adhesion issues, will have some peeling issues, will have some crazing issues. Um, I, I would argue that we wouldn't have that with a Crizal. You could talk about it maybe in terms of layers of the lens. There's a scratch resistance layer. There's an anti-smudge uh, layer. Uh, truly, as part of the lens because a, a, a consumer doesn't know there's potentially four to five different technologies in the 60 millimeter piece of plastic between the physical substrate, the material, the lens, the design that we've generated surfaced on there uh, with the diamond point uh, digital servicing uh, tool, the anti-reflective layer coating, whatever we want to call it, as well as anything else that we put in the lens, whether it be a photochromic like transitions or uh, embedded protection from blue violet light. So that's the thing. It's like there's so many things that you could talk about and the consumer is in their mind, the patient saying, I just want a pair of glasses. And you just you're yeah. trying to explain to them all the different great benefits they're going to get in the single pair of lenses that you're providing them in probably the, the frame that they've spent the most time picking out in the practice. Well, and you, you just extolled a lot of the benefits of the Crisala Sapphire HR uh, new coating that we have or new lens design that we have. But you also you also kind of highlighted the challenge. So in our practice, um, we we don't do anything but Verilux and Crisal products, and uh, and so it it Thank puts us that, in this position. Way. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. But I think it puts us in this position where all those things that you discussed and articulating to the patient that it's not just a pair of lenses. You know, your your their idea is it's all about the frame. It's not just a pair of lenses. And we're going to have another conversation about uh about progressive lenses, but the way I like to think about any of these technologies is uh and I I try to I, although I'm not great at describing it to our, to my patients yet, I think I I can still be better, but I use it as an analogy of a car. And I say, I tell patients, you know, when I write your, your prescription for glasses, if they ask, usually I don't have to do this. Our team is really good. But if they were to ask me, what's the difference and why should I get glasses with you or what's different about your glare free lenses than someplace else? Why is yours more expensive? Uh, I'll, I'll describe it first as a car and I'll say, you know, you, you could buy, you could go to the dealership and when you walk into a car dealership, you know, if you're going to buy a Kia or you know if you're going to buy a BMW. There's no confusion about that when you walk into the dealership. And um, and the other part is that you can't walk into a Kia dealership and buy a 1990 version of a brand new Kia, right? It just doesn't happen. So you know you're not getting a brand new car if you're buying a 1990 Kia, which I know they weren't around in 1990, but the point is, is if you were, you you would... Uh, you wouldn't be buying the exact same technology, but with lenses, you can do that. So you can walk into any place and you can, you can't know until you put the lenses on your face and you experience what it's like to wear them. You can't know what, 
what you're getting yourself into until after that transaction has occurred. Well, that doesn't happen with phones. It doesn't happen with cars, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not sure that's the best way to describe it, but I think it's pretty accurate when you think about the confusion that exists within the marketplace and, and what Essilor Exotica is doing to try to uh, lessen that confusion by some of the brands that you're, that you're putting out in front of the public. No, I think that's an interesting way to think about it because at the end of the day, when you think about kind of the, the, the basic core product that uh, a patient could get, if you think about a very basic traditional single vision or God forbid a bifocal, I mean, you're, you're providing them technology that was available hundreds, literally years ago um, versus the latest and greatest innovation that you could be providing them. So that's, that's something to think about when you're, you're, you're allowing the patient to focus solely on the frame and not on, honestly, the reason why they came into your practice is because they're having trouble seeing and the lenses are what's going to solve that. And I think, I think what we run into um, and uh, is, is really at the end of the day, it, I have one, one frame on my face. Today I'm wearing my Oliver Peoples frame. Many t it's either Oliver Peoples or Persol for me 99% of the time. I have quite a few of each. Um, but mm -hmm. I can only wear one frame at a time. So I can only get the benefits of this, this singular. Within the lens technologies, they are built because they should work together. They're supposed to work together where the, everything makes each other better. The lens design is made better by the Crizol coating you put on it. It's made, you know, the, the thickness of the lens helps the aesthetics. All these things work together and you've got all these great benefits you want to talk to the patient about and making sure they know, hey, this is the latest and greatest lens technology. If you think about any other kind of medical need they would have, you don't, you want to say, hey, this is the tried and true pacemaker. It was launched 50 years ago. If they had 50 right. pacemakers right. 50 years ago, what, what are you going to do there? Um, so... That's yeah, I think so. I think it's interesting. And, and, I, and I think that kind of brings us back to this this confusion in the marketplace that I think we're trying to clarify more and and the better job we can do as providers and with, you know, within the eye care space, the, the better patients can understand that difference. Like, just like I said, you know, you know, when you go to the Verizon store, you're, you know, you're not buying a iPhone that's you know, technology from 2008 just doesn't happen. You can't even do it if you wanted to. Uh, and so, so how do we clarify that same messaging in our practices uh, globally, and then specifically in our in our private practices, and then specifically with how we we have that conversation with patients? That's that's what I think is really beneficial. And to to highlight that point, do you know what uh, what the kind of the, maybe I'm not asking this the right way, but what is the percentage of uh, glare-free lenses that exist in the country? Like when, when you guys see, you know, when you analyze this across the board, what's the percentage of the population that, that gets a glare-free lens? I, I, I would say no glare is at best 40% penetrated in our marketplace. Um, 40%. Is a, what is, 40%, what is which, Europe? Which, uh, Europe's higher. Um, it depends on the, the, the region, um, but we definitely have an opportunity to grow that penetration in the United States. Um, you know, and there's a lot of factors there, you know, obviously cost, um, people that depending on what their managed care plan provides them, what they want to, you know, invest in additional out of pocket. And a lot of it just comes to the basic training of the eye care professional staff to be able to recommend it in a way as inclusive 
of the full lens recommendation, right? We recommend this type of lens design because your prescription is this, in this material, with this additional benefit, be it a Crizal or a Transitions, and, and make it holistic and universal in how they recommend it. Um, and I think that that's the, the, the key thing, and that's why we spend so much time on training. That's why we spend so much time on providing the correct tools at point of purchase, both in terms of demo lenses, uh, patient brochures, and tools that allow the, the, the optician or the dispenser to really make that recommendation at the point of sale. So I think, Jeff, you bring up a good point that, um, that we have a, an opportunity. In your experience, um, you know, I guess, I guess my, my perspective of why that might be so low is twofold. One, we haven't done it, probably the primary thing is we haven't done a great job uh, as a profession of, um, as an industry probably, of really on the one-on-one -on -one patient describing some of those benefits. But the other thing is, you know, patients are cleaning their lenses a lot. And so if they are using, I mean, that's the other thing that we're up against is that if they're using um, glare-free lenses that are, you know, from technology that is 30 years old and they don't know it and they and they get those lenses and they clean them, how, how often do they average clean them? I mean, do you know how many times a day or a year they, they will clean le their lenses? I mean, people are really going to... Um they're going to clean them every day. They're going to get, and the sad thing is who knows with what they're going to be cleaning them with, whether it's their shirt or their jeans. Yeah. Um, but I think it's upwards of a, a, a patient's going to clean their glasses 20,000 times minimum before they mm. need to go in for a new prescription. And to your point, the experience that they've had with the existing product, because if you've got a new patient coming into your practice, you're not really sure what their previous optometrist provided them or their previous optician sold into them, um, if they were not using a premium product, then the experience that they had with the standard no glare and reflective because they don't know that there are multiple potential products within each of these categories, similar we find that with progressives as well, just by using the term, it's going to have a negative connotation to, the, mm. to your patient because their experience was so poor with what they had prior, they're going to say no regardless you know, you really, then you've got the additional effort to say, no, what you were wearing before was older technology, not what we offer because we offer the best. This is why we're recommending Crizal because it's not going to peel because you're going to have the cleanability because you can clean it as many times you need it. And you're not going to really scratch it or rough it up because it's going to be the best overall, uh, AR coating. When your mind, why do you think uh, providers would maybe not use something that like when you when you work with providers uh, and 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 groups of providers, why would they generally say, "Gosh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to use uh, Crizal Sapphire HR or whatever the you know Crizal Sapphire." Period. Why, what's the main barrier uh, for that in your mind? What I see in talking to to practitioners and just you know what we see in research is really just a, a fear of the patient leaving the practice um, mm. when you start and, and and again the reason I said it needs to be part of the overall recommendation of the lenses that you're recommending even prescribing to the patient is because too often it's positioned as I am upselling the patient on something they don't need um, but they do they do need a quality premium 
anti-reflective coating, no glare lens, whatever you want to call it, to have the best overall experience with the lenses that you provide. You could provide them the best possible prescription for them. You could put, give them the best potential lenses, eyes in if they're a single vision wearer, Barrelex if they're a presbyope. And if the coating is not, if you've got just a basic hard coat, or if you've got a substandard anti-reflective, they're not going to have a, a, a good overall experience with their lenses because they're going to get smudged. They're going to get scratched. They're going to have challenges with water. They're going to have challenges with dust. All of those things are going to impact their overall vision and their visual experience with their glasses. So to me, that's why it can't be sold as an add-on. It's got to be part right. of the complete recommendation to the patient. If you want clear, sharp vision, it's a function of a number of things in these lenses. And that's why this is how we recommend and prescribe this lens design with this lens coating. We, you know, when we, when we review our metrics on a quarterly basis in our practice, we're consistently like 96%, 98% of all lenses sold in our practice have a glare free lens. And, uh, and I don't say that to, to kind of thump our chests. We do exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it, it's, it's essentially knowing it's the best, starting with that for the patient to give them the best experience. And really we do that, you know, I'll see most of my patients, um, back re really frequently. Like, like when I think about how often I see my patients, you know, I, I see most of my patients, um, at least every year, you know, we, mm -hmm. I manage a lot of eye disease and I'll look back and, you know, some patients, their prescriptions, I, I check their prescription annually. Um, and they won't change significantly. They'll come in seeing 2020. And if they've got a good quality pair of glasses, that pair of glasses, I've seen patients, it's, Three or four years now. That night might not be what Essilor Exotica wants because you want to sell patient, you know, patients more more stuff, and it might not be what we want because it's nice to be able to have patients who want to buy new glasses. But there are some patients where if you give them a good quality pair of of glasses and they can see really well out of them, and uh, I'll see these patients that come back and and they just they're doing fine and and their glasses are they're in great shape. Well, why did that happen? Well, it happened because they took care of them. And they got good quality stuff. Uh, and yeah, they're going to pay more for it. But really, when you average that price out over the course of three, four years in some cases, it's, it's like nothing. You know, the, 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 the value that that patient, uh, had for that duration of time was, was super high for the, for the cost that they paid for it. So that those are the kind of things that strike me. I'm not I'm not advocating that we don't have to sell patients glasses, you know, annually. When my when I got patients that 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 have no change in their prescription and their glasses are still good and they're like, "Hey Dr. Wolf, I'm going to get uh, a new pair of glasses. Is this, you know, I've got my prescription still good?" Yeah, it's awesome. Go ahead. It's great. You know, I'm excited about that. But um and I think that mentality allows us or allows me when I'm, when I'm managing their diseases and oh, by the way, they trust us to manage their diseases and now they trust us to, to provide them with the best quality products. Um, those products last them and they're, and they're very satisfied. Patients feel the difference. They understand the difference. So I, I don't know. Uh, is there any truth to that or am I just, uh, no, no, thinking, I think that's great. thinking that think it's just great. us? Now, now, if their prescription doesn't change and they don't feel like they need a new pair of frames, then I would have the conversation with them about what are you wearing when you're driving your car and the need potentially for prescription second pair of Sun RX, right? If they don't need a, a, their, their regular clear pair, 
or, or photochromic, I, I would use that opportunity if they don't, if their prescription has to change, they're happy with their frame personally. Um, and that's not, again, that's a great point. Not, not, and again, that's not to upsell them. That's to provide them something else with what they need. The scary thing I see all the time driving around is <clears throat> people doing this in the car, right? To trying to block the yeah. glare yeah. when it's like yeah. you, on, with their glasses, when wh- there's so much availability now of uh, polarized lenses um, and prescriptions, such a wide range. I, I, that, that to me is also another travesty when we think about the low, low penetration of polarized lenses and, and sun RX within our, within our market. It's, is it really that, still low? Oh, polarized is single digits still in prescription. Seriously. In prescription. In sun, in sun RX prescription. Set seven, maybe 6%, I would say, of the market. Hmm. So you've got some tints out there. A lot of those tints, though, are really more aesthetics, uh, fashion tints. I wouldn't call them sun tints in a prescription. Um, but that, that to me is a, that, that we could have a whole nother segment, uh, a whole nother. Yeah, we probably should improve sun RX because that's, that's an untapped thing that our eye care professional, that your colleagues could benefit from, but also because the patients need it at the end of the day. Um, so when a good, you know, your, your role is so critical because especially when you think about a person walking into your practice. In the exam lane, they are very much a patient mentality. Now, when you take them out to the dispensary and start talking frames, lenses, dollars and cents, that consumer part of their persona is going to creep in. But in the exam lane, hmm. you are the medical professional. You are providing a medical recommendation. The patient is, is an avid listener and is going to take your recommendation. One thing that you can talk about with the quality of the prescription you're providing them is, hey, you know the lenses in that phoropter have AR on them. Don't you want to have that same crisp quality of vision when you walk out of the exam lane and put your glasses on too? The prescription works. It, it, it all works together. It's got to be recommended as a complete holistic solution. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So Jeff, tell me, so this, the, um, this new iteration of Crizal Sapphire HR, tell me all those kind of, all right, we, we talk about having it bound together as a, an entire solution with the lens, the, the, uh, no glare, um, surfacing what, or coating or whatever we want to call it. Tell me all the, the things that, that make this an upgrade from our, our Crizal Sapphire that we had a year ago. Oh, I mean, Crizal, Crizal Sapphire 360 V was a phenomenal product. Um, it was the best Crizal that we had. Now, where we came to market first was with our Crizal Rock product back in 2021. Um, you know, Crizal Rock, it, it, it took the place of Crizal Avance UV in the portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's got the green hue. And that's where we added the high resistance, the HR technology to um, that AR to have the super durability and the best combination of scratch and smudge. So many things in the optical space can be a trade off, right? We yeah. don't want to have trade-offs. We want to give the patients the best of everything. So to do that, if you think about the Crizal Rock formulation, the Crizal Sapphire formulation are a little bit different. So we have to apply them in a different way, the, the technology. So it, the HR technology was added to the Crizal Sapphire stack later, and that's what became Crizal Sapphire HR. But when you take all the benefits that were already in Crizal Sapphire through 60UV, add in the, the high-resistance technology, you now have 
and the claim the best overall AR coating on the market. When you think about first and foremost, the the with Crisol Sapphire, it's known for the one half of one percent reflection, and more than that, the multi angular technology where we're not just worried about reflections coming from the front, we're worried about reflections coming from the entire periphery of what could be in a patient's uh, field of view. Then you've got the super hydrophobic top coat um, to make sure you've got the cleanability, the smudge resistance, the water resistance, which is critical too, because the more you clean your lens, the more you're gonna put those tiny micro fractures in there. So the cleanability of the lens is critical to the overall durability of the lens. Then you've got the anti-static layer. Now we have the HR technology to make that perfect combination of scratch and smudge. And like all the products in the Crizal range, we've got the backside UV protection um, that has gotten us the uh, seal of approval from the Skin Cancer Foundation, which is critical when we think about eye health. Um, so really that new durability, that additional oxide in the stack that gives us the HR technology is what has made Crizal Sapphire now, Crizal Sapphire HR, and the best overall uh, AR on the market. You know, the two things that excite me about um, as I've dug into this lens for my patients, uh, and then also for myself, like uh, if I'm being a little, if I'm being a little selfish in the stuff that I like about it is, you know, what always bothers me is it's never so much the cleaning of the lens. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but when I do clean it quickly, it's, it's, I'll get like small little lint on the lens throughout the day. And then I'm, I'm kind of wiping it off and then it smudges, right? That's historically what might, what might happen even with a good lens and it just kind of collects. So mm -hmm. it's the sort of anti-static, uh, yep. that I really get excited about personally, like if I'm being selfish. Um, and then, uh, this, this other idea of UV protection, but, but almost even thinking about it as SPF protection, uh, and, and, um, uh, thinking about it from a, an, it's weird. We should care enough about UV, um, that it, you know, of course, like to the eyes and to the external, uh, adnexa. But, um, but really we don't think about that that often. You know, we think about basal cell carcinoma. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we definitely think about cataracts, but cataracts are kind of, I wouldn't say they're easy to treat, but, but we have a solution, right? They're outies, right? You just take them out and they, and you go. And in some cases it can be beneficial for other reasons in terms of, of, some uh, cosmetic sort of benefits mm -hmm. because they don't have to have uh, as thick of glasses perhaps as they would before. But uh, I say all that to say that that's the kind of interesting one is this almost this rebranded re approach to UV protection to say it's to describe the, the more holistic aspects of that uh, reduction in ultraviolet light. Mm -hmm. And I think it just sends a better message to patients. You know, I, I'm, yes. I'm not sure. I've, and I think doctors, we think, well, every lens is going to be UV protecting. It's probably not. You'd probably know how, how many are, are or are not. But even just the, the communication factor of that um, and doing a thorough job. And as you know, as I know, um, all UV protection is not the same. So we assume that it's all UV protection. But how often do we actually like use a, um, a, ma a meter to measure that? Yeah, not that often. And, and don't forget, you've got a difference in the substrate, right, between a 150 plastic lens versus a polycarbonate or a higher index lens that can provide different levels of protection. And that's critical, too. 
what one thing that I always like to talk about with Krizal is is what I would say is the unsexy part of coding, and that is the hard code. You don't really think about the hard code a lot, and there's a lot of AR technology out there that is fine with the front side hard code from the factory on this on the semi finished lens and a spin code on the back. You know that's not good enough for Krizal. When you want to think about truly the adhesion, the the thermal curing versus the UV curing, that's why every Krizal lens goes through a dip hard coat process to really ensure that that hard coat is a firm, strong basis of the lens before you even put the AR coating on top of it. That to me is mm-hmm. when we think about also the durability of the lens overall, um, that's been a critical part of the Krizal success. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go into a lab and watch those dip tanks and just watch it go very slow, up yeah. and down, up and down. Um, there's a reason for that. There's a reason we take the time to do that because I wouldn't want to put Crizal on a lens that didn't already have that process applied to it because it's not going to be the same product. And again, this this is where we start getting the real technical details. Now, the consumer doesn't need to know that, but you as the practitioner know that. So you could be even more confident in providing that part of the the recommendation saying you, you Crizal is is part of the lenses that I'm recommending to you today. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that that is um it is a part that I guess if I wasn't being selfish, I definitely care about for my patients. Mm-hmm. But the selfish part of me is I'm always really cautious with my lenses anyway. So that's why it, it was it's it's sort of a like you said, I expect that to be the case. I expect them to be uh not easy to scratch or, um, mm-hmm. you know, damage on the surface, but it's to, to your point And to the point we've been having so far is it is what makes certain things different than other things. Um, Jeff, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send our listeners to, uh, for more resources, but I'm going to give you specific, uh, in the show notes today, I'm going to give them a, a specific link that they can check out all the benefits on their own for, um, for Crizal Sapphire HR. And what else am I missing here, Jeff, before we before we close this out? I want to be respectful of your time. I think I, I encourage I encourage your your listeners, I encourage your colleagues to work closely with their their brand specialists, their SLR account executive. Um, I know many of your colleagues also um, are loyal to other uh, independent labs out there that are Crizal distributors. Work work with your labs, work with your account executives. Make sure that you've got the right training and tools in the practice to help that with that recommendation. Um, because to your point, you, you assume certain things because you have all this knowledge. The, the patients don't know. The patients are truly dependent upon you and your staffs to provide that education and recommendation. So make sure you guys are ready to go, whether it's additional training, going to Leonardo for many of our ABO courses or additional training on any of the products, but then also making sure you've got the right point of sale, whether it's just sometimes a simple patient brochure becomes an additional certificate of authenticity for the end patient to say, hey, take this home, learn more about what I gave you. I think you're going to be even happier with it every single day. Awesome. Jeff Harrell, thanks so much for being on. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it.